Welcome back, everyone. I'm here again with Larry Correa and Steve Diamond. And uh, after our uh, freewheeling discussion on free speech and Russia, Ukraine and Twitter and all, all sorts of fun stuff, uh, we're going to now talk about stuff that's even more fun, which is the, the book that you both released uh, about a month ago. So all right. I think you guys launched the same time that Weird World War Four launched. Yeah, about five, five, six weeks, I think. Yeah, it was right yeah. at the beginning of March. Yeah, so, something like that. So, so let's let's talk about uh, servants of war a little bit, and then like we'll delve into writing and and, and various topics as as it as it flows by. But uh, tell like tell the audience a little bit about what's the central pre- premise behind servants of war, and why is it uh, disturbingly like the uh, current situation. <laughs> We just we just talked about it in the last episode. Well, I mentioned uh, our timing was impeccable in that we wrote a a dark fantasy novel about a war in a world that's based on Slavic folklore, uh, where we have a giant uh, uh, empire invading, you know, and having a giant trench warfare uh, war against all these other little pseudo Slavic nations. And uh, that came out the same week World War Three started, so our timing was impeccable. Except to be fair, though, our characters don't work for the good guys. If you read this book, it's very clear that they work for a bunch of douche things. <laughs> oh, so who do they work for? Like, who? What's the? Because uh, it's it's not Russia per se, but it's like a, a yeah. Russian is, sort of. Yeah. Uh, so this is a fantasy world, but basically we, we drew heavily from Slavic mythology. So what it is is this is the world that's the, where the fairy tales come from in our world. And uh, the, the fairy tale things would wander into our world and could go back, whereas humans would wander you know, through the mists and wind up in this world, and they would stay, yeah. and they were stuck there. So basically, over thousands of years, mankind kind of colonized this connected world uh, and drove the fairy tale monsters back. And so the, every group of people that me and Steve have in this universe are descended from groups uh, that are lost from Earth. Uh, and so they have right. this kind of giant empire now that's based loosely on all these different groups from Eastern Europe. And so we have mm-hmm. the, the one in charge, the, the, or basically the, 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 we call them the Kolokovians or the not Russians. Um, uh, the, the prize of this war is basically people that are descended from the Czech Republic or, or the Czechia um, and the Czechs. And then uh, they're fighting the Almatians, which are further west. And so they're Germanic, and Teutonic. Uh, and so that's basically the, the, the power struggle was between Almatia and Kolokovia, this great big war. And uh, well, that was a really convoluted pitch. <laughs> well, no, we got. To, I mean, well, we, we only have we have as met, as much time as you have. <laughs> Let's just yeah. say. You know, in in general, trench warfare, dark fantasy, um, where the main character pilots a suit made out of the husks of dead golems. And so he's struggling to deal with surviving a super awful, horrible trench warfare war that's been going on for a hundred years, um, while also trying not to let a goddess who has kind of sort of chosen him, trying not to let that goddess also kill him. So yeah, in it's, general, uh, that's what it is. Nineteen seventeen meets The Witcher. Yeah, in, in flavor. Okay, and and so they're fighting the Almatians, but how how are kind of the the um, supernatural, you know, fairies and entities and things like that. How do they mix into all this? Oh man. Okay. So this is where, so I'm best known as a fantasy author, right? Uh, and so for an action adventure, 
for this book, I teamed up with Steve, who's a horror author. Steve's background right. is horror. Um, it's dark fairy tale magic. So this is not yeah. this is not happy fun. You know, this is not happy fun Keebler elves. These are the old school, you know, kidnap your baby elves. No, they're not like trailer park elves. They're different. Oh, no, no. These are not trailer park elves. These are, these are the old, old, old dark things from the forest. Uh, Look, so the story opens basically like way out in the middle of nowhere. Our main character is a farm kid. He works at the family mill. Uh, And the opening scene is his, and this is not really spoilers because this is like right on the back cover. This Uh, is chapter one. Yeah, chapter one. His village gets slaughtered by by these uh, you know otherworldly things, and he blames himself for this because he he's 21 years old. He should have been you know serving in the army, uh, but he just kind of had he had not because he had a good life. They're on the edge of the empire. They're so far out that they haven't even seen a tax collector for a decade. They're forgotten. You know they're forgotten people out in the middle of the snowy woods. Well, this horrible thing happens. Like every young man is supposed to have served in the military and he didn't do so. So he blames himself for the destruction of his village. Uh, basically, an ancient forest goddess comes along and condemns him <laughs> for shirking his duty. And he gets drafted basically because of this. And uh, that's how the story starts. And uh, it just kind of spirals from there. It, uh, it, it it's it's a good story. Our reviews on this are awesome. Um, yeah, it, it it's dark. It's and for people who read a lot of my books, it's, it's way darker than most of my stuff because mm-hmm. I teamed up with Steve. Yeah, when when we were writing it and we were sending the book to everybody for uh, for a little bit of feedback or whatever, we were sending it off so the cover artist could could do some stuff. It, it was always like Larry was sending it off and he'd say, "Okay, here's the new book." By the way, <laughs> so you know, this is really dark because I wrote this with Steve, and Steve is really dark. It was like this huge like caveat every time he sent it out. I just laughed. I thought it was hilarious. We had um, well, some we had we had uh, we brought in various people from the cultures. You know that that you know, we use Nikki yeah. Kenyon a lot. Uh, if you guys know Nikki, uh, so she actually grew up. Uh, or she's from the Ukraine. She grew up in Lviv. That's uh, how you say it, and uh, and so she was our our kind of Slavic cultural uh, uh, expert, and then uh, we actually have one of the lost tribes of Israel had wound up on this side of the veil, and uh, so Michael Rothman was our uh, consultant to make sure that all our, our Jewish character was uh, authentic, which is funny because I had one reviewer who was like, he's like, wow, this Jewish guy kind of had of a whole bunch of rabbi stereotypes about him and i'm like hey don't take that up with me you take that up with michael roth <laughs> yeah <laughs> bus michael rothman <laughs> I was like i'm, I'm shoveling that off, off of my consultant of Judea, judaism you know you're gonna go talk to mike you're gonna go yell at him you know yeah. um, well you're gonna get that no matter what right oh it's yeah, just totally. like yeah well you know we a lot of the reviews when, when they talk about a lot of this stuff or they talk about kind of the overall tone of the book they 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 either go they go one of two ways. They're like, ooh, boy, and and the majority go this way. They're like, ooh, yeah, this is pretty dark. I mean, it's great, and I couldn't stop reading, but man, it's pretty dark. And then there's the other guy who says, man, you know what? This just wasn't dark enough. I mean, there were not enough rats eating people in the trenches. Yeah, that like how actually- how could you not include that in the book? And I'm like, like, give me a minute, guys. I mean, <laughs> like. 
Like I, yeah. I, I can only, we can only have so much unrelenting horror in one book. I mean, that's what sequels are for. Yeah. So, so actually, that's what. So, ever since that, me and Stephen referred to that as the at the rats eating people meter, and we could turn the rats eating people meter up and down. <laughs> yep. You're just talking, I mean, yeah, right yeah, now I mean, we're at about a seven. <laughs> I mean, all you need to do is just like look at Bucha, and you'll get plenty of ideas for crisis. I mean, it's well, like, I know that's the thing is like our timing. Like I said, our timing is horrific on this. You know, uh, I don't. I guess just because because the real world catches up, you know, and people forget. People forget like like what a sheltered world, what a happy, fun, sheltered world we live in nowadays. The the, the actual awfulness and so like when you write these books you don't know what's going to happen you're writing this stuff years in advance right, right? You know, we're, we outlined this project years ago and uh you know the world catches up and and but you borrow from history and you're if you're a student of history and you write stuff both realistic for things that happen in history uh it's funny though because people will read it like in a peaceful time and think well that's really really you know out there and then you read it in a time of war when that stuff is fresh in people's mind, you're like, oh yeah, I guess this is the world. This is this is mankind. This is the kind of stuff we do to each other. Well, and that's I mean, there and the other thing too is like a lot of this stuff you could not write today, right? Without people. I mean, I'll give you an example. So on a previous episode, I, I interviewed uh Norman Nymark, who's uh you know an expert on like Eastern European history in the kind of late or, or kind of mid 20th century. And it, we were talking about the Holodomor, right? And, you know, he was just kind of going, and, and I'm just like, you know, I was like, Dr. Nymark, how bad was it? Like, really, how bad was it? Like cannibalism, this and that. And he's just like, oh yeah, it was it was bad enough that um, people got, like literally went crazy and ate their kids. And I'm like, did they like dig up the bodies and eat their kids? He's like, or, and he's like, no, like they killed them and ate them. So that's dark, but that, that kind of thing, but you know, that, that kind of thing happens. And there's, there's stuff that I don't want to mention in, in Bucha that is horrible in a different way, but, but, you know, terrifying. Um, well, so you see that this makes it really hard to sell books. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're like, yeah. Hey, Hey guys, this is fun. You know, come read this book. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, I, you know, I, I said because because like I'm like, I'm more like Steve. Like I I can I take I can take things. Um, I, I, I give it. So I have I there's a there's a there's a there's an anthology coming up called Robo Soldiers, and I have a story in there called Manchurian. And I created a CRISPR virus that the Chinese could literally create today, um, which. You know, it's a skin disease, and it only targets non-Han Chinese. And there's a there's a distinct gene that people of Han Chinese descent have that the rest of the world doesn't. And you know, I think there was some horror imprint that had to like went out of business because they published something about called the White Plague or something like that. And it was just like, now I wouldn't ever recommend somebody call a project that because that's what's going to happen. But at the same time, people were like, it's impossible for people to do it. I'm like, no, guys, it's called CRISPR. Like, there are very distinct genes that you can trace this stuff to. Um, John Ringo used that in Troy Rising. Um, yeah. 
yeah, with the, the, the aliens because they had watched the news and they decided which groups of humans were the most compliant, least compliant, and then designed uh, biological warfare based upon appearances of, well, there's of a, most news reporters. Well, the, and it's not even appearance. Like there's a book by um, Ken Alabek, who, uh, Abilek, I, I can't remember the exact name, but he, was, uh, he worked on the Soviet bio war warfare program. And the Soviets were looking at ways to disable the African-American, or I guess it's black now, the black population in the U.S. Um, because they, uh, you know, at the time, this is like the, I guess maybe the 60s or 70s, were doing much of the manual labor and things like that. But they were focused on sickle cell anemia, right? Because it's a very distinct, um, you know, malady that that happens to uh, you know, I mean, if you don't have the sickle cell anemia, if you have like the good, the good um, reflection of that gene, it makes you very re- resistant to malaria, right? Um, but you know, the bottom line is there are there are differences, and I mean that we all look different because we have different different genes that a nation state can target, and to say that that's just not possible is just ridiculous. But anyway. Um, it's it's it starts out with a discussion of of Russian prison tattoos, and uh, what they what they mean, and kind of there's the looming threat of like um, rape, but like male rape, and you know it doesn't it doesn't come right out and say it, but there are certain tattoos that indicate certain things. Yeah, this uh, isn't for the record. This is not our book. This is somebody else's. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not. Yeah, this is this. <laughs> Just yeah, want to this clarify, is, as I'm already like scaring people away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Steve, you got to right? stop me. You got to stop me because I go dark. <clears throat> I'll go like I'll go like dark. Oh no, like that. No, you know, horror is really interesting. You know, I, I used to I used to manage a bookstore, and um, horror and dark fantasy. You have to be really careful in how you pitch them to people because mm-hmm. um, a lot of these things. Once you're once you're in the book and you're reading it and you're involved in the story, a lot of this stuff tends to not matter in the context of the story anymore, right? Like it doesn't become dark enough to where you know it turns people off. But there are still some authors out there who will who will write really really dark stuff. Um, and the darker you get, the more you you kind of tend to limit your audience a little bit. Yep. Um, and so, you know, when it comes to horror, I'm very much a believer in that. Um, you know, I, I interviewed Robert McCammon a while back, who's who's one of my favorite authors ever. Um, and one of the things he said was um, one of the reasons why he writes horror is because to him it's fun. You know, and he he specifically said, and, and I'll I'll mangle the quote a little bit, but um, you know, he was talking about vampires and werewolves and and monsters, and demons, and all that stuff. And he's like, man, that's all the fun stuff. Um, he's like, that's fun stuff. You're, it's fictional. Your characters can deal with it. He's like, that's fun. He's like, he's like, and I write that because real world horror is so much worse than what mm-hmm. any of us can ever actually write. And so we write escapism horror to literally escape from all that, that super bad stuff. Um, and so that's, you know, that, that's a lot of what Larry and I did, um, in, in this, I mean, it's not like, World War One was uh, was all roses and in uh, happy go fun jelly bean time, like it was rough. It was bad, um, and you know the the one guy who said, "Oh, there's not enough rats eating people in your fiction." We're like, "Well, yeah, you know, we're we're not in this first book. We didn't tackle that. We were talking about heroes 
who were who were in spite of their horrible, terrible, um, oppressive government and the horrible, terrible fairy creatures and the horrible, terrible um, goddesses who are ruling the world. Um, they're out there doing good, heroic things because, for the most part, they're good people. Um, and and I learned that from from uh, another horror guy named Joe Lansdale, who everyone knows about. And that's and that's look as dark as you're going to get in your fiction. You need to make sure you put points of light in there, in in heroic pieces in there to offset it, and to give people the realistic expectations that, look, yeah, bad stuff's going to happen, but good can triumph. Doesn't mean it will, but it can. Yeah, and your 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 heroes have to have a chance to to win, mm-hmm. right? Um, well, and and that's the kind of characters that both Larry and I like to write. Um, I I like to get a little bit more dark and twisty than Larry does. Um, but my I'm a horror to, guy. My job was to talk Steve off the off the off the crazy wall. But... Yeah, there 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 were there were a few scenes where Larry's like, "Now, Steve, we don't want to scare everyone in the entire universe. Let's well, pull I mean, that step." There was some involving because we have one character who's a secret policeman, and he's just a scumbag, but he's one of the main characters. And uh, and, and Steve has him do some stuff pretty early on. I'm like, nah, dude, that's too far because we want to get to the point where the where the readers will be able to root for this guy a little bit, you know, because yeah. he, he's against things that are worse than him. Mm-hmm. We can't go that far, you know, and it's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> well, you know? And that's, what, that's what's hard. Like you can't, um, like the full range of human, because the other thing too is, um, the same person can do absolutely atrocious things, but at the same time, walk, you know, walk a, a granny across the street. Yeah. Right. Well, so that's one of the things. So what we did in this is we made sure like our, so our main character, uh, we've had people talk about the reviews is like, what's well, kind of tropey. It's like, you know, the, the farm boy made good chosen one becomes a hero kind of thing. But we did that on purpose because, you know, stories need heroes. Uh, people mm-hmm. need, need that heroic, uh, that dude who is legit good, who will honestly try to do the right thing no matter what the, uh, the situation. And so we did this really awful crap sack world, but we put this guy in it who is the best of us. He is actually a, a good guy trying to do the right thing. And um, I don't know. It, it, there's, so I mean, it was a lot of fun. And the action sequences of being able to have uh, basically – Imagine like a tank crew, only instead of a tank, they have this big armored suit made out of you know dead golems powered by you know broken golem magic. So it's a big armored kind of steampunk suit. There's one driver, uh, and then the rest of the crew clears the way for the for this walking suit. Uh, they're called objects, and uh, and so they're they're clearing the way for the object. And what happens is the way the magic works: the more magic is used, the more damage it takes. The 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 cost is heat. And so the magic produces heat. So the driver is getting cooked the whole time. And so what happens is that they run these like, they're supposed to have like 12 man crews, but the nature of war they have like five is what they actually get. And so as the suit overheats, they stop it, pop the hatch, pull the poor half dead guy out, throw in buckets of water, reload the guns and throw another dude in. And, and then they just cycle it and nonstop is the battle sequences. And so our guy is this rookie, and so he goes through battle, and so so he's clearing debris. They're clumsy too, you know. And yeah. They're not. They're not. So he's out there. They're in the mud. His most. They don't even get guns. The crewmen don't get guns. They get shovels, pry bars, chains, hooks, and so he's out ahead of this, you know, walking golem suit with a shovel, looking for things for it to trip over while it's getting shot at. <laughs> you know, 
And uh, uh, so the action sequences in this book are fantastic. I I had a lot of fun with those. Those were pretty. Yeah. I mean, we we tried. I mean, look, Larry's known for action, right? I mean, there's not a single person. There's not a single person on the planet who reads a Larry book and doesn't at the end doesn't go, dang, like, like if only Larry could write action. Like no one says that. Right. 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 Um, So so taking Larry's propensity for action um, and and the clearness in which he writes the action and the um, and with the skill he does so. But then injecting some some horror sensibilities that I tend to have, um, it made for a very, a very different feeling book for for a lot of people. Um, And for the most part, I mean, I mean, for the the gross most part. People seem to be really digging it right now. Um, they they really like kind of the the amped up stakes that the horror is adding into this really cool fantasy world. Well, the and we went Eastern European on this because there's a lot of really groovy folklore to, to yeah. draw from, and a lot of different cultures. And so we actually have like a we have a, a Roman a Romani character, we have gypsies, we have wanderers, uh, and so we had this whole big giant section of the book where well not giant section but like. We have this one main character we follow around is, uh, is uh, drafted because uh, this army drafts foreigners basically, and they hold your they hold your family uh, basically in a, as uh, political prisoners basically until you serve your term, uh, and then, then then you're free to go. And so there's this one uh, Romani sniper uh, because the way the magic system works, you know, I don't I don't give too much away, but it's pretty baller. Uh, she's blessed by the yeah. goddess of the hunt. We'll just put it that way. She kills a lot of these, <laughs> and uh, but. Uh, we have this whole big, great big thing where there's fortune telling, you know, uh, with the because these guys are running the suits, they get burned. They all have third degree burns on parts of the mm-hmm. body because the suits get hot when they get damaged. And so they have this tattoo artist that basically follows them around, follows this one unit around and does tattoos over the burn scars. And those like basically tell the future how they're blessed by the gods or whatever. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, it's a great setting. We were able to draw from a lot of cultural things and they had a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it came out pretty dang cool. I'm really, I'm really digging yeah. this setting. It's, it was, it was, a, it was a hoot. Uh, just, I have to ask this question because you, you in, kind of triggered it earlier on, Larry. If these crews, as they're digging a path and clearing obstacles, what if one of these, these suit strips? <laughs> oh, Oh no, we go into that. It's like the biggest danger in the world is the suit falling over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we get into actually why they're man shaped too, because it's where the golem magic comes from. And uh, but they're very clumsy, right? And uh, so there, there's one dude is inside driving this thing. This is kind of walking along, powered by magic. Um, but the most dangerous thing in the world is if they fall, because if they trip and they fall forward, the hatches in the back you can still escape. But if it trips and falls backwards into like mud. You can literally have the pilot drown yeah. before yep. they can get the thousands of pounds of metal rolled over to get the guy out. And the reason they have the suits on them because they all have they have like basically a magical aura around them that protects them. So as bullets is hitting it, it's just translating into heat, but it also keeps the crew immediately around and behind and protected. So they always advance as a line. And so if one gets farther forward or back or gets stuck. It's a hole in the wall now. It's a gap that can be exploded, and that's when people start to die. And yeah, uh, the, the the whole idea behind this group is that these pseudo Russians, right? They're they're not as technologically advanced as their enemies. 
but they have this this magic with these suits and that that gives them it doesn't really give them an edge which is why they're they're effectively at a stalemate they're fighting over trenches that have been taken and lost and retaken you know dozens of times hundreds of times over the course of a hundred years and so they're the almatians which are the, the opposite side of this war their guns have better range they're they're more technologically advanced they're better at chemical warfare but the you know the the kolokovians they have these giant golems that effectively form more or less an impenetrable wall and so it's this whole give and take and it, it lent itself really cool and really well to kind of the whole the whole trench warfare aspect of the of the story and of the war they're all going through. One is a grinder, and and yeah. we meet we meet some of the leadership of this people, <laughs> and they're horrible. <laughs> they're so freaking awful, and they just spend lives like like whatever. It was like, oh, we, yeah, yeah, we just, get more just another currency. Yeah, yeah, it's just a currency to spend. We actually we talked about that in the book, mm. and they just spend these. You know, and uh, it's it's brutal. And uh, the, it so- sounds the familiar. Is, sounds familiar. Yeah, actually. So as, as far as as far as like guessing the future, as far as the accuracy, we are spot friggin' on. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why we. That's why we, you know, it's, it's like it's like if you're writing Slavic stuff, anything based on the Slavic world, you can't go wrong. Just uh, uh, ever you know overestimating man's inhumanity to man, but. Uh, no, so I, I keep saying all this stuff, but I want people to buy the book because it is actually good. It's a, the book is fun. Yeah. Uh, it's an enjoyable read. It's like it's like, but just it's like we talk about it in context. It's like, wow, that sounds horrific. I don't want to read that. Um, I think it sounds amazing. It's pretty <laughs> baller, actually. Um, okay, so like talk about the, the the suits. So so the main character is, is very gifted at this, and we'll, we get into that mm-hmm. too. Like as, as as the plot is revealed, the, the kid is really good. Uh, and so he's basically an ace pilot right out the gate. Um, but like their final testing thing. So they're running these guys through the things or stuff like they have these, all the, all the recruits line up and all the recruits are huge because the suits are so big and so heavy. Everybody in this unit has to basically be strong as a friggin' ox. And also the, they're sized for very large people. So like, like the shortest dude in this unit is like six foot one, right? Uh, they're all big, big, strong guys. Um, but like the final test thing, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like it comes down to like all these big, strong, powerful dudes driving these big monster suits. The final test is they have to like do something very delicate with the suit. <laughs> right. It's also really horrible if they mess up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give give too much away. Um, no, but it's it's uh, the battle sequences are cool too. Then I got to have a little fun with the gun design uh, yeah. and basically like how you would run a repeating repeating cannon from inside a suit. Um, and it's basically just like, so you disconnect your arm and you work this, you work the action inside the, inside the, the arm sleeve. And it's just dropping these like, you know, 20 millimeter shells out of the bottom. It's just hopper fed. Oh man. (laughs) And so guys are running up during these battles and they have these stripper clips and they're like feeding stripper clips into the top of the hoppers. Um, while trying not to get killed. Shot. Well, because, uh, most people, unless they're magically gifted, can't see the aura around the 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 mech you know i said mech but the golem and so if they get outside of that they can't see it and so yeah, there's bullets whizzing all around cannon shells exploding and if they step outside of that magical aura that's fluctuating boom they're just you're dead you know you guys getting hit and 
they can't waste anything because they're so friggin' poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got no food. Um, and they're just, it, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's we, we, we delved, you know, Larry and I talk about this sort of thing a lot on the, on the podcast that he and I do writer dojo. And we, we talk about when, when you're creating a world and, and fantasy stuff, like, like you're, you're tempted just to talk about like, Oh, magic. But, you know, there's a lot more, there's other important things too, economics, how everything influences itself within the world. And so, you know, we, we delve into a little bit of that in here. You know, we, we talk about the, the horrible rationing that these people are going through. Um, you know, the, the idea of propaganda that, mm-hmm. that the people see within this world on just this side of the, of the war. You know, one of the earlier, one of the earlier scenes in the book, the main character, he, he goes from being out in the middle of nowhere, just a farm life, simple farm life, loving life, doing good, and then everything dies. And then he, uh, and then he goes to the main city that he's heard so much about, but he's never visited. And as he's as he's rolling into town, he becomes, you know, minute by minute, mile by mile, as he's getting in, he becomes more and more disillusioned because he sees that the reality is not um, is not what he re- what he was told it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he sees, he sees the ration lines. He sees, he sees the the overreach of secret police. He sees all these things. And yet this goddess has basically voluntold him that, that <laughs> he has to go, you know, be part of this military. Well, and then he gets as part of the military and he's like, oh crap. Like, here's your, here's your outfit. It's mostly new. Most of the blood's been scrubbed out of it. So here you right. go, buddy. Yeah, there's I a bullet. So. There's a bullet hole in the coat. <laughs> you know, right out the gate. It's like, oh, here you go. Oh man, and then like, so like the farmer that gives you right into town is bringing a bringing a load of load of uh, crops, and right off the bat has to pay like a seventy percent tax rate. You know. Yeah. Pay this fair share. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever asked anybody what 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 their fair, what what fair share means? Oh, it's exactly nothing for them and lots for me. I'm sure that's how it usually yes. works out. It's whatever. It's whatever doesn't. It's whatever I'm jealous of. Um, <laughs> that that's fair share. Yep. But you know, I mean, gosh, and, and we yeah, have back even, to the book, sir. <laughs> I was say, I know, we, I, oh, I can go off on taxes. Oh yeah, I I just. I just paid a crud ton of taxes, so I'm sure yeah, you're, talking right to two, you're talking to two accountants, former accountant, yeah. current accountant. We can, we'll go off. Yeah, we <laughs> we hate we hate taxes, but you know, yeah, I just, look, I just wrote a big the, check the too. Cool thing, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, the the interesting thing is we haven't even touched the opposite side of this war, and there's a scene that Larry and I are dying to write. You know, where where these main characters who have only known shortage and and rationing and you know horrible terribleness i mean their country just barely got electricity like they're they're a mess and then there's the germans but to have them (laughs) but but then to have those same people go somewhere else you know to to draw upon some of those you know the the real world takes of you know people who've been in those situations who go into a to a stocked supermarket for the first time and they're like holy crap this is paradise you mean I can just go buy bread? I don't have to wait in line. Like, well, oh. well that's actual kind of, Russians, that's kind of actual crazy. Russians just steal it. But well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we got plenty of but we got plenty of theft. Sorry, sorry I shouldn't so, say I, should, I shouldn't generalize like that. But 
Um, but by the way, this is just a quick aside. You know how they uh, Russian soldiers stole a bunch of uh, like Maytag uh, appliances and stuff like that, and they mailed it home to from from Belarus. Well, it turns out it turns out that the uh, Russian Postal Service uh, or employees from the Russian Postal Service looted their loot, apparently. <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. back to the book. Back to, back to the book. Uh, I can't uh, imagine why this these, whole time why the tanks have run out of fuel. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a mystery. Oh, man. Hey, I, I lived in Mexico for a year. So, you know, I get it. Like. Like no matter what's mailed to you, you just assume that everything that was mailed to you is only about half of, of what was actually mailed. Like what you got was only half. So I get it. I've been there. Uh, you know, lived in a third world. Um, but no, nah, man. Russia's I mean, not supposed to be a third world. <laughs> no, but it basically is. Okay, so so all, uh, the um, Almatians. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the Almatians. Sorry, I'm trying to get oh, to say the stereotypes of Teutons, humorless Teutons. Yeah, yeah, but you know, no, no, uh, no superstition. You know, they're just they're just completely logic based, and they're they're all about furthering science and technology. Um, they have their own goddess, of course, and and the whole the whole underlying concept here is that all of these nations are just being toys for for several goddesses who are just trying to kill each other. Yeah, we didn't um, say what the the cosmology was, but what it is is there's basically there was three three goddesses that ruled this world when mankind showed up, and each one picked a tribe to like their favorites, and they were the ones that like suit them. So the ones over the Kolokobi is basically the Baba Yaga. It's like this old, yeah. the old witch of the woods is what it like is. the like the house with the chicken legs or whatever. Yo, absolutely straight up the straight house up. With the chicken legs. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like the whole eating children thing. Oh yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. That's well, that's, you guys go there. You guys go there, huh? Oh yeah, that's, we, yeah. Okay. We, we definitely hint at it um, through in one specific scene. She's it's actually who, more effective if you hint. I think she's yeah. who that's she's hard. who orders this guy. She's who orders the hero to go to war. <laughs> And so, so you can see, like they said, it's not the good guys. Well, then so we don't really get in the Almatian sister too much. But then there's a third sister who the other sisters gang up and murder thousands of years ago. And so she's, she's dead, and she's still very angry about that. And so like the, that we don't, the last part of the book is they take a, they take a trip through hell. They, they, do a, they do a ruck march through hell briefly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I don't want to give too much away. But we have a cosmology. And also it's interesting too, because all the humans that came over brought our religions with us of the various times. So there's like various pagans, and then there's also the Christians. Christians came mm-hmm. over. We also have one group of Jews. And um, so the Christianity we have in this world is kind of like a bastardized version of like uh it's like sort of Orthodox Christian mixed with like this bizarre with the sisters, uh, are are kind of like above the saints, but not. And the sisters really are calling the shots on this side, but yeah. So it's we've got some weird religious stuff going on. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, in, in a world, in a world, in a <laughs> world where um, you know different different groups are coming from different areas and and stuff, and they're all kind of mishmashing. Likewise, the cosmology starts to mishmash. I mean, you have these sisters, you have a Christianity thing, 
the 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 female sniper that's in it has her own cosmology that she worships and that she's blessed by um and none of these gods are happy about the other gods and so you know it's you know it, it's just a giant giant cluster for for our poor poor characters and so um you know most of the time they're just trying to survive the craziness that they're in um and find some solace in each other but man man some of these characters man we just there, there's four main pov characters in the book and man we love them they're so fun um, and we abuse them oh we abuse the crap out of <laughs> we them. abuse them because um, we love them yeah you know and and one of them is basically a villain and he would be the main villain in the story if not for other bigger batter villains that happen to be there yeah and so yeah you think this guy is like the worst and then you meet his boss yeah <laughs> and he looks and he, and he looks small potatoes compared to his boss well because like so the so the main character is like the guy who runs the empire basically his his overall plan is i want to invade hell uh to steal the souls of the damned to power my empire yeah. that's like his goal <laughs> that's like his mission statement <laughs> and that's the boss you know <laughs> yeah and, and that's why be, he actually might be vladimir putin <laughs> Apologies for the abrupt ending, but that was about the only logical segue I could make to the next topic. So stay tuned, and uh, I look forward to sharing the next episode with you of Larry Korea and Steve Diamond. And the next episode, we're going to be talking about my perennial topic that I always talk about, which is the Russia-Ukraine situation. I know we already covered it. Uh, an episode ago, but we're going to cover it again because uh, Larry and I and Steve just kept coming back. So sorry. Uh, anyway, it's a fun, it's a fun discussion on an unfortunately very serious topic. And I think continuing to cover it is, is important because one way or another, we might get increasingly involved as a, a country. So the better the Ukrainians do, the more unlikely it will be that our country needs to get involved in this conflict. So stay tuned and thank you for following. If you enjoyed this video, hit like and subscribe and I'll see you next time.